And welcome to episode 251 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Leet and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, uh, Chief, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, that's uh, Phoenix Tafara, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode, we have our Chief Bar Steward, Grant Psycho Cow Walcott. Good evening. Well, welcome back, our Lavian Space Programme Director, Commander Kurgle. Hey, good evening. We've also got our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Our Head of Health and Safety, Ben Mosswoodwood, Commander Adler Weiss. I am terribly sorry, gents, but we're actually going to have to start it all again. We have given multiple people on the Twitch stream possible heart attacks by actually starting at 20, well, 2029. 20, as opposed to 20, 37, 38, 45, 50. So they're, uh, they're, they're not used to this, and they're a bit... They're, they're, they're having issues. Well, Sodom. And we have um, Commander Souverain, our Deputy Trade Attaché. What up? Oh, hi, everybody. Now, as I slowly negotiate uh, an exit from a station in the T9, which isn't going as well as I'd hoped. Um, we'll go around and uh, see how everybody's been doing in just a second. And if you wish, you can join us in-game. Um, ben, are you doing something in-game with Commander Kurgle? As opposed to doing something out of game with Commander Kurgle. Well, that's, that's a bit of a worrying <laughs> conversation. Considering... To, be, to be perfectly honest, I out of game, I am actually grinding Grant Beams. Oh, he just had As to. As I told him I would be. Oh, he just had to. Do you want to get them out the way right now? You know, all of them. Just well, get it's, them it's out the way. It's a bit to the left so... at the moment, to be honest. <sighs> um, for the but... opportunities, just to slide one in. Oh, dear. But yes, in-game, I'm yes. going off and finding various Guardian bits and bats mostly because I found out that to get the shit I need, I need to grind even more. And possibly we'll be coming onto this early, uh, later, but I have a bad feeling we're going to need Guardian weaponry and things like that in a week or two's time. <laughs> yes, yes, I, th I guess we will be coming on to that. Um, for those of you that can't join us in-game, uh, we're also live on Twitch chat, which we will wave to you, even though you're in shock, uh, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live, click on the live chat, and of course we're live on Twitch TV slash laveradio. 
So we'll quickly go around the crew, see who's recovering from LaveCon and how they've managed to cope. And uh, we'll start with uh, Commander PsychoCow. How you been? Yeah, well, to be honest, it's it's really quite surprising, um, or maybe not, how much LaveCon takes out of you. Um, I mean, even aside <laughs> the fact, you know, when we pack up, uh, which was amazing this year, thank you to everyone that gave us a hand, because um, it really did seem to be that the um, packing just just to, took care of itself. Um, it was amazing, it really was fantastic, but then... Obviously, when we head off, we drop uh, people at Carnforth Station. We'd, um, we didn't have Winner because Galactic Midden took him back to Manchester because otherwise that would have been another uh, potential delay. All these things just to you know, delay you getting home. And then when we get home, we have to unload the van. Um, yeah. And then we have to take the van back to the depot. <laughs> So that's another hour's drive away from home. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just it just takes time, and then you get finished. So, but I think we left about, oh, I don't know, it was about 10? 10, 10, 10 a.m., before 10 a.m., uh, and we got mm-hmm. home for, finished up about 8 p.m. Um, wow. So... The next day is usually a bit of a write-off, uh, and that, that's to be expected. But what I was starting to do was mm-hmm. um, get rid of all of the videos, chop them up, and get them ready so that should we want to, we'd be able to sort of um, show them off. Mm. Which I did. But the temperature up here, was <laughs> it was freakishly hot that week, and my CPU was running what, at 100%. 14, 15 degrees? Well, at least 12. <laughs> at least 12. Uh, and the humidity up in the 80s as well, so that just doesn't help. Um, and, yeah, so having my CPU crunching all, the, converting them all into a usable format, uh, and then editing them and producing the, the cut-ups, um, yeah, this place was like a freaking oven. It was really uncomfortable. <laughs> So that finished up yeah. on Saturday. I got the last videos all chopped up and ready to go. We will get them up to YouTube ASAP as soon as I can get Chris Jarvis to let me on to our YouTube account. <laughs> um, oh, right. <laughs> other than that, we were again reworking, trying to work out how better to handle that um, the quiz. For um, I mean, it worked fairly well in the technical side from our point of view. It worked perfectly. It did exactly what it wanted. Fed our screens and and that's hunky dory. But from the point of view of being able to get people in in the room, it kind of didn't want to play ball, which was really really yeah. frustrating. Um, that was that was a bit of a shame. Because maybe is, next year we can change it to quick flash. Well, I wouldn't do I wouldn't do quick flash in a, in a room like that because that that is just. Um, Asking for trouble. Yeah, it's one of those games where yeah, I know my the people that are in the room. So <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's one of the, F- Fibbage is far more fun to be honest and far more involved. If you've never played Fibbage, the concept of the game is you get a proper question and then it asks everyone to supply a potentially real answer. You don't want to get the right answer. What you want to write is a fib, something so close to the truth 
that it might be believable or something if you know if you know the answer to it uh, and something that will you'll try to get people to pick your answer over the truth so that you score points uh, and then you want to try and guess the right answer in the next bit as well um, it's tons of fun and leads to some really 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 funny revelations when you're sitting there looking at all the answers on the screen going one of these is bloody true um, <laughs> so it's, it's a great game I wouldn't mind doing fibbage down at these places but they're only 8 players whereas our quiz is unlimited and so next year we will fix that um, there's one way we can definitely fix it which is to leave the server here and then it's internet access but then that causes me other grief <laughs> it seems that you don't get a grief free Lavecon how are you handling the post Lavecon blues because um, I went back on the Saturday night I was suffering from that and I got told off for it as well <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was good to see you. It really was good to have you down. And um, I don't know. I don't. I think we're just too busy for it to have had a chance to sort of sleep. Never Sink mind. In. Never mind. Have <laughs> blues. Um, it'd be nice. Um, but yeah, um, it's yeah. I mean, these are real things, you know. You do have the down of you've just spent a weekend where you get up in the morning and there's all your friends and new friends and you have a chat and you have a game and you have a play. Um, I think you know if you if you can perfect the art of doing too much at LaveCon for the working side of the point of view, then getting away mm. from it, it's cancelled out the con blues with the thank God for that that I've done it and it's over and I can worry about it less. Um, from our point of view, the staging as well worked brilliantly. Moof's new mics yes, were spectacular and therefore the workload on him dropped. So he's not even looking at. Um, because every year we, we have a, a long chat afterwards to talk about how we can improve the bits that didn't quite work. And he's got next to nothing on his list other than we'd like to extend the top part of the staging out to cover those two bloody annoying lights. And that will help to <laughs> give the uh, projector screen a much bigger um, brightness. Um, and that's it. And that's easy. We actually know exactly how to do that. Whereas normally we spend months working out, testing, trying... Um, Building those tables was a laugh, and then testing them at ECM and stuff. So we, yeah, we we spent a whole year thinking about the next LaveCon. Um, I think we spent three months programming OBS and tidying it up and getting it ready for the ten webcams, making sure they all worked. Um, what else did we have? Okay, it's, it's just it's a it's a a continuing process of trying to make things really really easy, so that if I'm not in the back office and Dylan's there. Um, that you don't have to go anywhere near the software you can use the stream decks to achieve mm. anything and a spreadsheet for putting names in which is maybe a little bit too easy um. <laughs> don't know what you're talking about there Grant <laughs> but I think the content was brilliant this year it was really um, good and other than Frontier ruining and, and interrupting the poor uh, Live Radio veteran show by putting money behind the bar uh, which I think is mm. despicable <laughs> yes, yeah, so there was about oh, six people there watching us. In fact, I think there was more of us on the panel <laughs> than there was people watching us for that one. And then, yeah, they had the, the, the Drabble show, and we've redone the Drabble. So we started another Drabble show. If you go to abracadrabble.com, um, you can submit your Drabbles for the July competition. There's no prize, just, you know, kudos. And you can read and vote for your favourite of what's already there by clicking like, a love on one, or you can hate them as well. So you can give you get your hate on there for those drabbles. 
and then we'll have a show on the 2nd of August, I think that's the Friday, um, and uh, reveal who the winner was and read some of them. So that's the plan for the new Drabble shows. Pub quiz on Friday night there, we did a big one, we did a bumper, uh, five rounds of ten questions, and it was about three hours worth of quiz, and it was amazing. It was just, other than one of Midden's rounds, which is quite unpleasant, um, which is fast and fast and backwards, you get two music tracks played, one's going forward fast, and one of them's going backwards, right over the top of each other, and uh, that was... Did they say Ringo is dead or something? <laughs> well, I don't know what it did, but there was the outcry of pain from everybody claiming psychological damage. Oh, that's understandable. Yeah, so, that, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, that, other than that, I've not had a chance to play much in any game, really, uh, other than Sea of Thieves, which is my penance for being away, is to help Susie finish all the tall tales that she's got to go. Um, so we're down to the final one. She's only got to do the final mission three times, and then she's completed all the tall tales to do it well to perfection. Excellent. Right. Well, uh, Ben, how are you handling the uh, post Con blues then? Uh, I think the post Con blues I've I've pretty much gotten over. Um, Again, a bit like Grant, basically when I got back, I dove straight into, we have all these Twitch streams. I, we, can, we can turn them from these multi-hour marathons of randomness and chaos into something that's a little bit more organized and make highlights of them so that people can actually go straight to the content. So... Mm. I basically, I dove straight in, more or less, of doing, doing that. Um, but I didn't go off and export them, because I knew that... I didn't go off and export from Twitch to YouTube, because I know that you can... Grant had the better quality and all the, the masters, basically. Uh, so I didn't want to just go and do that, because Grant can get them up better, better quality than I can, and it takes him longer than me. <laughs> but so- everyone appreciates it a lot more. <laughs> yeah. So, have you um, have you been doing anything in game? Apart from doing things in game, it's just been I've been trying to grind out some of this guardian stuff because oh yes, you said I, I want to try and get uh, the shard cannons. I think it is. Yeah, and I, I want to get the guardian fighter as well. But oh no, the guardian fighter's worth it. I think. But well, yeah. they, they look beautiful, but I'm having real issues getting. I think it's the it's like a power module or something like that. I need. I need 30 of them for each bit. But I need to basically get about 90 of these bloody things. And I'm lucky if I've got 20 at the moment. Um, and that's what I'm finding the real pain in the arse of it is doing. It's just getting mm. these grinding bits of this and it's like, oh, really can't be bothered with that. Um, so did that. I went off, uh, went off with the wife for probably about the first wife and aid time for many many months now actually you know, so you've got all this to come to come to but you know as soon as you start having kids forget oh, about any 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 you know mummy and daddy time it's just not it comes out the window nay children pal <laughs> yeah give give the suvet a few years and, and <laughs> to be honest to be honest kids are their own demise really aren't they um you know, when you have alone time now, alone time is spent 
pretty much just having a sleep. <laughs> just, oh, <laughs> ironically, not crapped. It came to about eight o'clock, and you know, Claire and I had we, we went out about six, and we we had I had some mushroom soup, and she had some. I think it was just mushrooms, actually. Oh, the glamour! Um, the glamour! I know, yeah. exactly. I, I hate to tell like, you this. I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, guys, but. Yeah. Um, it doesn't actually get any easier once your kids are left home <laughs> because you think once they're gone, it's all happy. Yeah, they're gone. But oh, no, it's it's it, it, it's kind of like dad. Yeah, or dad, we've got to go and see this and all this stuff like that. So it doesn't Can ever go away. Can you drop me at the airport? I've got a flight and I don't want to have to get a taxi. Yeah, sure, no problem. What time? Three a.m. No, you're gonna have to get a taxi. Night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. Mo- moving, moving on. Uh, Shan, how have you been for the last week? I've not been too bad, actually. Thank you. Um, thoroughly enjoyed LaveCon. Spent the um, spent the weekend mostly working the room, um, so to speak, getting the rumours and uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, uh, confirmation of stuff they couldn't say in the um, Q and A. And uh, yes, I've thoroughly enjoyed Lakecon. Uh, the week has been spent kind of getting ready for uh, Eldest Mini Shan's graduation, which is next week. So, which is where the comment of it doesn't ever stop, go away. Yeah, it comes <laughs> from, you know, it's just kind of, yeah. But I, I do have a week off next week, um, week off work. So, I shall probably collapse in a heap and try not to do anything. So that sounds good. That sounds good. Well, moving on to to the um, <laughs> to the non con people. Not that we're not that we're dividing the room here at all. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, Commander Kurgle. How you been? Hey, thanks. Yeah, I've been good. Um, super busy with uni, which is now thankfully over until next term starts. Um. And yeah, second year of uni. It's quite taxing. <laughs> hey. uh, so I've not really been doing much, Ali. I'm actually quite enjoying getting back into it, though. I've got my last Elite to do, which is my combat one. So I'm quite keen to get all my Guardian stuff unlocked because basically Blackens are uh, Thargoids. That's that's the way forwards, isn't it? And yeah. you know, the funny thing is about this suit, uh, about this Google. You keep saying, next year I'll have even, I'll, I should actually have something next year. No. <laughs> Not going to happen, yeah. buddy. Third year of degree, I think that's not likely. <laughs> no, it's really not. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. Um, Commander Souverine, um, uh, married Souverine. How yep. was the honeymoon? Uh, lovely, thanks. Really, really lovely. Uh, we were on a little uh, a little island in Indonesia called Gili Menno for uh, a week, which was, um, it's, it's basically a sandbank with palm trees on it um it's <laughs> utterly idyllic it's about half a mile long and half a mile wide um and there are no there are no motorized vehicles on it so everybody just um everybody just traverses it on bicycles um so we, we did a scuba diving course there um so we got a qualification thing which means that we can scuba dive without um without guidance now you. yeah exactly which is fun which will be super useful to us in our one bedroom flat in peckham um and um <laughs> And then for the next, for the second week, we went to a different island called Lembongan, um, which is about an hour's boat ride away, which is slightly bigger, and it has uh, mopeds on it. 
So um, it's basically the bright lights in the big city after the festival. Why one. am I thinking Lembongo, Lembongo, they drink it in the Congo? <laughs> yeah, but it's not the in the Congo. reasons known only to yourself, Ben. Mm. <laughs> um, and then that one we did broadly the same thing. We were in a slightly more uh, salubrious accommodation on the second one. Um, the first one was basically a, a hut with a swimming pool. Um, and the second one actually had bricks and a roof and walls and stuff. Um, but it was still basically open air with a big pool. And um, and we just, uh, a couple of days, we went scuba diving. We, we dived with um, turtles and lots of different exotic fish that I broadly lumped into the category of fish um, and manta rays as well, which are, um, which are amazing. Um, so, yeah, it's lovely. Read a load of books, um, chilled out a lot. Don't think I've ever been as relaxed, actually. I just sort of did nothing all day when we weren't 20 metres below the below sea level. So, yeah, no. it's very nice. We forgot to do something. Well, we did. We forgot. You forgot to do something. Yeah, we forgot to do. Congratulations <laughs> on celebrations. <coughs> yeah, it's not that. There you go. That's it. Uh, yeah. Now you've you've made Grant happy. That, that, that's that's what we want. That was that was the point of the whole thing, really. <laughs> she doesn't so think could. much to make Grant happy. Yeah, oh, just a grant to get out a bit of Cliff Richard. That was that would keep him happy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, as for myself, yeah, getting over the Labcon Blues has been sort of. Um, uh, yes, I got told off because I posted. Oh, it's a pity I'm leaving. I'm going to have to deal with the Labcon Blues. To which the family went, "Oh, hey, <laughs> don't." Got told off for that. Um, it, a really good live come for me. I was down in the games room most of the time. I was talking to uh, Paul from uh, HCS Voice Packs a lot, and uh, obviously uh, the ED RPG guys. Uh, so uh, John and Oliver from Spider Mind Games. Got to be careful. <laughs> Got to be careful pronouncing that one, haven't you? I did. I did notice at Livecon, um, Fozza had a lot more trouble pronouncing the names than I did. Not that I'm not that I'm Roderick, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so not not that I'm I'm gloating about this or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Smug mode for me Colin. Yes, it was is it burning through, yes. And um yeah, so um, we ran a couple of games of the uh, the Elite Miniatures, uh, to tell you the truth, and it was probably the most enjoyable session I've had so far. I think uh, that's because we've got the new medium ships out, and the rules that have come up with that seems to seems to work flawlessly. So I'm I'm incredibly chuffed, and thanks to everybody who took part because um, it, it was certainly a good laugh, uh, and of course. Uh, taking part in a couple of panels and unfortunately I wasn't able like Shan to work the room although I really did want to I just I, I didn't seem to have time because I, I was either um, running around on errands or and I missed Artemis yet again this year so uh, we're gonna have to I'm gonna have to sit down and, and basically book a session so well now that we're all caught up uh, not quite. We'll, we'll not go. quite. Still. Oh, one, not quite. One more other thing we forgot to do as well. Okay. Happy birthday, happy oh. Birthday. <laughs> Completely true. Yeah. yeah, that's the most depressing. Now, who could you be referring to? Um, I think it was um, uh, Cargill's um, pencils. Mum. <laughs> 
Kurgle's hamster, was it? It was, of course, Aid who spent the entire of his birthday grinding my beans. <laughs> well, and you want to know something could, else? Well, Three years ago he, today, we were at Lavecon. Yes, and, and basically you running around as a purple-headed monster was, was quite scary <laughs> as well. That was so funny. I'm sorry, Posa didn't know how to react <laughs> in any way whatsoever, and he does not know how to handle your innuendo-laden laden conversation. Because uh, I, I was listening, it was great. I'm listening back to the last episode, and you were that was cruel. That was cruel. That was like running over puppies. That was. It's not my fault. I had a giant purple head that was all wet. And we shall leave it there. <laughs> so, um, yes, we are. We're going to go over the uh, the news today. Um, what little there is of it. Um, of course, with the LeafCon highlights, um, Commander Arithans, uh that's the gentleman who does all the uh, the, the blueprints, I do believe. Oh, and I'm just about to crash into a very large space station. Just allow me to back out there. <laughs> yes, he, he did a um, full report on... Uh, on Lavecom at uh, at his blog, which you can we'll put in the show notes. But for those of you who are interested in in these kind of things, uh, you'll find it at uh, oh, good grief, was that? Those of you'll us find it at enough to go to Lavecom found it incredibly useful. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was expecting you to say you found it incredibly easily. <laughs> Uh, no, well, I did. I just genuinely found it pretty good. Well, Commander, have, have, you, have you found the URL yet, Colin? Yes, www.elite-dangerous-blog.co.uk. There you go. Um, so, yes. Uh, so if, if he gives quite a, a nice uh, summary of, of um, his experiences at Lavecon, and, and it was nice to meet uh, some uh, familiar faces. Yeah, Drew Wagar, one of the, the authors, uh, the official author, was there, even though he had uh, actually broken his leg. Did you actually notice that? I, I, I don't know. He broke. Right, he was sitting down most of the time. Yeah, but it's, the reason that he's sitting down most of the time is because he's busted his <laughs> kneecap. <laughs> So who kneecapped him then? <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> uh, you know, and we had um, uh, a lot of the, like I said, there was the veterans panel, which is, was Fozzer and, and Mr. Stabler and Alan and Chris. Um, and they, uh, they I were did all see a lot of bearded well. old gentlemen on it. Yes, there, there was that. Well, there was one bearded gentleman and one who decided that the, that the uh, fundamental Islamic look was for him. <laughs> so, yeah, that was oh, that was that was a bit odd. Who was that? <laughs> Mr. Jarvis and his fake beard. <laughs> oh God! Did, did I not see Mr. Jarvis stroking his? I think they were beaver pills. Beard. His beard with his finger sticking out the mouth hole. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Can we just say one thing as well? Uh, thank you to Commander okay. Starian 
who wore the loudest shirt in the event. Um, And I just want to thank him personally for adding to the statistics of the Scottish Health Service by supplying us with salty licorice, which essentially equates to just pure feckin' heart failure. Thank you. I was going to say, have you guys got that still, yes? No. What, heart failure? No. No, the licorice. Yes, it was lovely. Excellent. Yes, yes. Sarian's shirt was so la- was so bright, you could feel scoop off it, wasn't it? it was like- <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, yes, well, um, uh, as we, as I pull slowly into dock at uh, a station, uh, we'll, we'll quickly discuss um, some of the development news which has been happening. Um now, this is something that I completely missed, so I'm hoping that someone else can, can bring me up to date on this. Um, David Braben's been interviewed at Develop, uh, and there was a Game Industry Biz interview. Has, has anybody read that, then? Bring me up to speed on it. Awesome. Okay, uh, I have read it, uh, or at least I skimmed it while I was at work. Um, and it's basically... It's- Oh, God, I'm getting... Kerbal, cover me. I'm getting attacked. Um, it's basically, David was talking about Frontier's route from from their previous uh, business model, basically, as the developer described it, being publishers for hire, mm-hmm. um, going to the full publishing house that they are today, um, and explaining how they went off and started it all with their... They, they dipped their toe in the ground with their WiiWare title, Lost Winds, yep. which then went into Lost Winds 2, which then went into Elite Dangerous, and now they're even becoming publishers for other people. Um, he was explaining some of the... the lack of faith that the... Uh, the business community has. They, you know, in so, much, many respects, a lot of it's justified... Because you know they've obviously they've got long memories and they remember all these developers promising the world and then going boom. Yeah. Um, and basically, it it took until after Frontier had successfully released Planet Coaster for the business community to actually say, you know what, actually, you guys maybe can do something here. Um, it was a good four or five page article, but that's about all I can remember off the top of my head. And I am purely going off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting to see how Frontier are evolving the business model because clearly there's a limit to how many games they can produce and make themselves within a given year. So that's, if you like, that's the cap. The only way for them to increase revenue is to become a publisher of other people's games because they can't produce enough games themselves to, you know, grow. Well, not just that, but they, they also can't, um, because games are increasingly service, um, they involve a lot more onward care and development than they used to. So presumably that's lowered the, the cap of number of games that they can produce, or any any studio. Um, I, that was one thing that was actually that was interesting about it, was David went off and basically... You know how everyone sort of says that people see the 70s and 80s as the... As the the key time in indie development kind of thing. The 70s? Well, yeah. Starting off life in the 70s and things. 
Huh. Didn't know yeah, that. And all these indie developers and things like that. Well, basically, when they started making Elite Dangerous and things like that. Sorry, Elite. In the 70s. <laughs> well, that started off life in the 80s, but yeah. Jet yeah. Set Willy, probably the pinnacle of gaming. I don't know. Jet Set Willy or uh, Leisure Suit Larry. Or Shower with Dad. No, wait. Was it a sensible soccer? What was the What was the game by Kevin Toms? You know, the guy with the beard. They all had beards. Oh, the football manager. No, they, they used to have a guy with a very cheesy-looking face on front of the, and made a football management game. That was obligatory in the seventies. That and having sex with children. I'm not sure what game you're on about, Shan. Maybe, maybe Twitch does, but off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Um. So, yes, uh, that does sound quite interesting, that interview. Um, did, was, it, um, did it, was it illuminative in terms of um, Elite development? Did he talk a lot about the, oh, the God, ongoing no. development of Elite? So no, it was more just, not, more just industry stuff. I don't think I saw any uh, interesting Elite stuff. Did you, Shan? Uh, sorry, what was the question? Sorry, my son just came <laughs> waving at me. <laughs> did you pick up on any Elite Dangerous content in the interview? And I can't remember any. Uh, no, I don't think so, other than they, uh, he was very complimentary about Elite and how that was kind of like the start of the big time, so to speak. They mm -hmm. kind of gave him the exposure and the revenue to be able to get to here, so it was a big step. It definitely, yeah, it definitely seems like that on the outside. It's interesting to hear that confirmed, actually. Um, did, did they talk any more about, um, uh, about which studios they're going to be working with as publishers because so far there's only been one announcement on that front i think hasn't there? i didn't see I any don't of that think I, saw anything. No. I, I mean you're expecting frontier to give us information about the future <laughs> yeah I mean, they did make a comment that in the past they were working with a lot with microsoft but that was more the journalist saying that was the connectable stuff wasn't yeah it? basically I mean, did you feel that you were overly comfortable working with microsoft all the time Mm. rather than, are you going to keep working with Microsoft? Because, you know, Microsoft did do ScreenRide, for example. That was a Microsoft thingy, wasn't it? Was what, sorry? ScreenRide was a Microsoft thingy. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, that was by, by Frontier for, for Microsoft. Mm. Um, and that was released after Elite Dangerous were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting parallels. Um, I only realised the other day that... Um, Chris Roberts used to work with uh, Microsoft. Yep. Um, so they both did, interestingly. He did win those ME, didn't he? <laughs> Brutal. He did win Fox Story. <laughs> and funnily enough, when Chris Roberts was working with Microsoft, he didn't release the product for them either. <laughs> I yeah, see, with was, those was, he, was he working on Windows 99, which is still to come out? <laughs> <laughs> It might come out in 2020. Um, cool. Well, I'll have to give that a read then. Um, I saw I saw the um, the cliff notes of it. I just haven't read yeah. the full thing. Um, it looks quite interesting. Uh, I'm, I need new ammunition for my poor SRV. Um, anyway, let's let's move on. I don't know. Um, so we're weird, it so... looks like, uh, in terms of the game, the biggest news this week is um, the Thargoids leaving the bubble. Um, I was, <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but I was quite excited when I saw that because I, 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 I was thinking, um, oh, brilliant! Finally, players' actions are being 
um, are being reflected in the in the narrative. Do you think it was a frontier covering up a boo boo? Because uh, uh, so people have been sort of whispering and stuff like that. They there was something that went wrong with the server tick, so then there were no new thyroid conflict zones and stuff appeared last week. And as Frontier do, when something goes strange, they make a new story out of it. No, that's it's, happened before. It's too the, tied in with the Guardian stuff as well that's happening just now. There's, there's quite... Well, it's tied in with a couple of things. What, one, there is overarching Thargoid narrative in a, in a way that hasn't been for six months. Two, they've... Um, the... The automatically... Uh, the... the Whatever systems decide which um, which stations are going to be targeted by Eagle Eye and 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 fall into incursion, um, it, they've not worked several times in the past, and they've had to Frontier have had had to manually step in and flip the switch on the Friday or the Monday. Um, that's happened several times, so it's not the first. Um, and three, it's only in the last six weeks, eight weeks, that players have routinely been quashing every single incursion in the bubble every week. So. I don't know. To, to me, it, it, it's probably a combination of what Ben says and um, the, the fact that the, the Enclave is, is, is Thargoid-related narrative. But also, um, I hope that there's that somebody at Frontier has noticed what players are doing and recognised that they're actually they're completely nailing it now um, and has written a story around that rather than it just being a coincidence. What were your thoughts, Ben? Honestly, I, I have thoughts and I have hopes and they're not necessarily the same thing. Was it that uh, um, potentially the the Thargoids are going to re regroup in the Witch Head or something like that? I genuinely hope this is the quiet before the storm. Oops, I'm getting attacked as I say that. <laughs> what? Um, e Eve Online I'm, style? Invasion? Well, <laughs> Everybody yeah, gets their ticket. I, I, desperately, I desperately want there to be a scary-ass... Thargoids in your face, chewing on your mama's hull, invasion. You know, I want to leave Wave Station and get my arse I think that's very unlikely, Ben. Of course it is. Frontier are too scared to actually offend anybody. Oh, no, uh, I think they've done it. They've done all this time and effort on new players, and now they're going to take away the very area new players go to. Okay. Well, so. They can have the new player area, and the Thargoids don't attack that. But we can ha um, give the Thargoids the rest of the galaxy. On the other hand, they're expecting a big influx of players in 2020. So ripping up the bubble, um, yeah, it, it makes sense to do it before then. I don't know. I, everybody says ne th things are improbable until they're inevitable. And nobody thought that invasion would happen in Eve, And it did. And I think developers can occasionally do things that surprise people. I, I, I wouldn't rule Ben's idea out. I really, really hope that Frontier do go off and have the Thargoids, a bit like they were with the Gnosis when that was a snafu, but have them outside of Lave Station shooting us. Yeah. You know, okay, fine. If you're sensible and you're canny, you can evade it. You can go and... Ouch. You can, you can make sacrifices to them and things like that. I don't, I don't think anybody wants to be ganked. But um, but a real sense of I can't go about my business as usual because there are there are aliens attacking me would probably be be fun rather because yeah. at the moment it's as people widely pointed out it is it does seem quite easy to to ignore them a little bit. Hmm, Sham, what, what's your thought? 
Hello? Do we have a Shan? Uh, we you do. Sorry, I was, I was just aiming my seismic charge correctly. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not sure, to be honest, because a part of me wants to think it's some kind of twist. You know, all of a sudden, the, the, it, it'll turn out the Thargoids that we've been shooting are the good Thargoids and the bad ones are going to come along and surprise everyone and all that sort of I've stuff. I've been saying that for months, haven't I, Shan? Which is, which is kind of what's been in the book and the lore and... I think what yeah. a lot of people are, are expecting. On the other hand, it does fit in with the narrative of what's been going on with the Enclave and the Guardians and stuff. So whether or not they'll disappear for a while and, like, go to sleep, and then in at Christmas time, for example, when carriers come along, it'll all suddenly kick off again. Mm. Please, God, don't make us wait months for I, some more I, story. I don't think we're going to have to. Um, I know that the anti-Xeno initiative are are stoking rumours for people to be prepared in, in in the not too distant future. To you know, they've been put on standby by by federal officials to protect um, <laughs> community goals. Yeah. Should we say anything nice to the fr- uh, AXI today, Colin? By the way. Oh, um, yes. The Anti-Xeno Initiative, I do owe a little bit of an apology to. Um, there was, people got the, might have got the impression that all I thought they do was insta-gib Thargoids. It's not true. I know they don't because I've been involved in a couple of their uh, little excursions. Um, I think uh, uh, the main the main issue is that a lot of people, there is actually a bug. I never knew this, but there was there's a bug in the uh, Thargoid um, code, which means that if you have too many people in the instance, the Thargoid hearts, you can't destroy because they're they're just immortal. So um, everybody resorts to the instagib at that point. Now I didn't know that. I thought they were all supposed to be taking taking on the Thargoids properly. We shall, we shall see. I mean, the Frontier put an awful lot of effort into the Thargoid story and the assets and everything else for them just to disappear and decide to go to Skegness for a while. You know, it's just kind of like... <laughs> it, it, it just put too much effort in for them to go away. So I think it will be a pause while, you know... Over the summer, they're on school holidays, on school holidays. <laughs> Well, that's that's actually quite an interesting point because now because school holidays are coming up, then um, <laughs> that's one of the the times when people actually start well, young the younger generation start playing the game. So, Vereen, you got something to jump in there with? Uh, yeah, two things. I don't think the Thargoids have gone on holiday. Um, uh, one because the Enclave is specifically about Thargoids, um, so they will of course feature in that. And two, we've still got um, we've still got the mothership to come. Motherships, the Thargoid motherships are mentioned in the Codex several times. Um, you know that we, that's still to come. Um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be completely crazy to introduce those at the same time as um, players get much bigger ships to control, i.e., fleet carriers. Um, it would it would make a nice kind of bookend to that, um, or potentially um, potentially just as uh, just as another enemy um, that's introduced in the same way that Thargoids were originally. I, I'm leaning towards fleet carriers being used to engage motherships because one of the things that we've said is what is the point to carriers if you've got space stations and stuff around? 
Um, yeah. But if you've got a mobile base, you park it in the Pleiades, where it's like a respawn point for players to attack a mothership, then they do start to make a bit of sense because you couldn't use a space station for that, especially if said space station has been attacked and put on fire. Yeah. Mm. And what was your second point? Um, my second point, I think I, um, uh, I think I rolled them both into the same one. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, I must admit, uh, the, the thought of uh, being stuck in the middle between the battle, uh, battle between a fleet carrier and a Thargoid mothership does actually seem quite appealing. I mean, if you get stuck in a battle between two, a federal and uh, an imperial capital ship, that's actually quite exhilarating. It's just, I find it quite rare for it to happen. It would be awesome. It'd be really, really fun. Um, we, have we done a full what the hell a, a fleet carriers as a main discussion yet? When they first came out a year ago, we did. Um, so, but uh, no information was forthcoming officially no. from Frontier. I mean, I, 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 I had lots of wink, wink, nudge, nudges, and Shan, if you were doing it, how would you make it happen? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, things to Frontier, but nothing attributable. Anything you can allude to, possibly by uh, telling us what they did not confirm? Well, they didn't confirm or deny anything other than the coming in December. It was the, the unfortunate leak of the video, wasn't there? That was, that was a little bit of a downer. That was, actually, yeah. Um, the, the day before someone leaked the, the actual flyby on YouTube. Well, it wasn't someone. Uh, it, was an ac- it was an accident, wasn't it? It was, set, it was a private video on YouTube that was set to go public after reveal at Lavecon, but mm. it was set public too early, and someone picked it up. And then I mean, it's these people must be sitting there on Frontier's YouTube page, pressing F5, 24 by 7, because it was taken down pretty quickly. But, uh, yeah, the, the cat was out of the bag, so to speak. Yeah, I know. I must admit, when I saw that, um, that I thought, oh, oh. And then it, it it kind of lost its impact when when well, they actually revealed it. But do you, oh, go, do you go, call, go. yeah, I mean, obviously, I I, I think um, people that perpetrate these leaks uh, and all of that, in the particular this particular one, it's actually just uh, an error, and that kind of stuff happens. But what happened to people acting in the spirit of things? You know, there you know it's an event, and you know people out there. Couldn't feckin' stop their sweaty hands from sweating quick enough <laughs> to hit repost, to get their streams up, to try and get some cheap views. Shame on you all! We never do anything cheap like that. Sponsored by Timothy. Um, but no, it's, it was one of those ones where it was regrettable, but that's all. Just regrettable, just a shame. Again, not a big issue uh, in the scheme of things, and it didn't have much. Yeah, there was no context. There was no context to it, wasn't there? He wasn't sure. Is that the only fleet carry we will get? Was that an alliance one? Was it an independent one? Was it federal? You know, there's so it actually it actually asked way more questions than it answered because we knew fleet carriers were coming, and we're still really none the wiser over them. 
Well, to tell you the truth, a lot of there was a lot of people on the forums who didn't believe fleet ta- fleet carriers were coming. They were saying that sort of. I mean, we know that the uh, the ice planet technology that they they were showing that's been rolled up into whatever the twenty twenty update is going to be, uh, which just left the fleet carriers. Uh, and because uh, both of those items were cancelled or were not coming out before the last version of Beyond, uh, a lot of people in the forums were just saying, that's it, nope, never going to see it. You, you can tell that uh, Paige and Will were saying, no, we are working on it, but nobody believed them <laughs> until they finally got the video out. Although being cynical, they're still not out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were, like, they've been promised for a December before, I remember. <laughs> this isn't the first time I've been expecting them in December. That's a very good question. Did they say which December? <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be this December. <laughs> I was talking to Adam, it's supposed to be this December. One thing that was lovely, actually, was even though he he is no longer working on Elite and he can not say what he is working on, it was lovely to see Sandy back for a wee bitty. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was although yes. I, I, I knew he was coming when I saw the um, Gin Lorry back up in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was that was uh, quite amusing because basically, it's sort of, a, I'd just been talking to Sarah about the miniatures game, and um, <laughs> basically. We, <laughs> and uh, we, we just left the, the game room and we're walking up to, to the bar and there was Sandy, gin in hand. I thought, ah, he couldn't and resist. The, uh, and the coincidence in timing of the Frontier bar tab running out and the Sandro turning up, I don't think can be ignored. <laughs> I, only got, I only got one drink out of that. I thought, oh, never mind. Uh, missed my chance. Yeah, but it was ten pints. It was one drink. <laughs> I had one drink and then I went up to another to the bar and got a drink for myself and Grant and was told, "Oh, Frontier are paying for this." And I was like, "Huzzah!" <laughs> it was a nice gesture of them. I mean, yes. I think when we were reflecting on on Lavecon, I, I Frontier yeah. were there in force, and I, I didn't um, I didn't detect any kind of lessening of support for the event or anything like that. I mean, the year they they. It, it collided with some games event. You did kind of feel as though they were kind of second best because they were all at mm. this, other, this other thing. Well, but it was this, it was E3, wasn't it? No, yeah, it's a small <laughs> thing or E3. But but this year they went all in on their support of us, and they there were more of them that stayed later they stayed than I can remember it. In well, it, usually they just sort of like go home, and you only get sort of. Yeah, I like the way it's Sandy and his minders. Yeah, I, mean, I love. I mean, silly things like highlight of the sh- of the thing would yeah, drinking. Oh, damn! What the hell are those alcoholic thing? Alcoholic things they had. Jaeger bombs. Jaeger bombs. That's it. Drinking Jaeger <laughs> bombs at half one, two in the morning with Sally and Will. And having you know, and having the one that Will gave to me, having that spilling all over the floor, and then Sally, the barman gave her another one because the, the cup was broken. Uh, so the barman gave us another one, and that was fine. And Sally was like, "Well, I'll just try drinking this one anyway." And the other, Sally just the other failed highlight for me was your purple head, then. <laughs> 
Oh, look, that, that's that had me and Doctor Toxic in absolute stitches. I had that. I, I, I've had that planned for months, and I told. Were you growing your hair especially for it? Well, I actually had it cut on the Friday. Uh, my hair before then was even was very long, so. But I did have it cut. Um. But the only oh, person I told so you about went, it... You went to professional for the cut, but you decided that you could take on the cover colouring yourself. Well, I had, to, I had to basically ensure it would wash out <laughs> for the Monday. If we didn't know it was going to happen, then we'd have swapped the purple with permanent colour. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did... I, I told whoever about it on the Friday as I was packing and that was mostly to not give myself an out so that you know one person knows about it and he will cite me off and he will comment and call me a wimp and various other things um and so if I don't go and do it he has full permission to go off and slag me off Rossen on, on live streams and things like that which you'll do anyway but that's another story um, but so I did sort of get that covered, but I, I, I've learned some lessons and I want to try what happens if I ignore their first instruction and try not applying it when I'm still sweating like a pig because I've just jumped out of the fucking shower. And I'm trying to apply it when it's all warm and moist. Right, we're going to get out of this conversation before you start focusing on how moist you were. So, uh, <laughs> again. 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 They just um, love the word moist. So, I mean, looking over some of the uh, other news that, that's happened, obviously the, there's more... Um, at this time, it's T6 paint packs which have been added to the store. But um, I, I think that brings us quite nicely into um, one of the other things that was was talked about, and that's these good old arcs. I mean, the Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That tickles me. So, uh, yeah. It's so, actually... Sorry, Colin. No, it, go it's ahead. It's actually quite an interesting mechanic. Um, because... I've been thinking about how they would get it to work, you know, how the Starbucks system is going to work, and what I would what I would suspect will happen is you'll get a token amount for logging on each day, and then each day or each week you'll get a certain tasks to do. I don't know, kill ten Thargoid scouts, or ship fifty Imperial slaves, or make so much profit, or discover so many systems, or whatever it is, and then that's how you'll get more Starbucks. You know, they almost become like the oh. equivalent of the dailies or weeklies. Yeah, that's, that's kind of optimistic for you, Shan. Surely, what it's going to be is click here to watch this promotional video, and you can you know earn yourself one arc. Isn't that the way they're meant to do it? And you're not meant to be able to earn them in game other than trading in your anaconda well, for three. Well, I was thinking because one of the things, and it, it kind of relates to one of the conversations I was having with Frontier at the weekend, is we were talking about game progression and, you know, how do you get players away from bigger ships and just credits, and that's the focus of everything. And if you have a, if you have a Starbucks system where you can, um, I don't know, you have an exploration 
tasks and you get 50 Starbucks for that week. You can guide players to do activities they wouldn't normally do with the incentive of getting Starbucks. So to get players away from the bigger ships and credits, you can mix things up by giving them tangible rewards for doing other stuff. And that would include things like CQC as well, I guess. Well, Why yeah, that I mean, that was... Well, go on, Solf. How is that different to other currencies? You know, we've, we've already got several things that the game rewards you in. Because you can't use use other currencies to buy cosmetics. You can only at the moment use real money, whereas you'll be able to use real money and Starbucks. Yeah, fair. Fair point. It's actually actually one of those unusual um, situations where you're going to have a a fourth wall-breaking currency that's earned through the game. it's not. I don't know if it would be fourth wall like cow because the way I, I justified it is the Pilots Federation um, issues this these Starbucks for a reward for doing things they want Pilots Federation pilots to focus on. So it can be Pilots Federation issues, and the reward for doing that is the Red Dwarf guy with his paintbrush painting your ship. But <laughs> but it's got a real world pound value. That's true. And I, so, I, don't, I don't think it... Well, it, it will be in-universe, though. Arcs are in-universe. Yeah, that's, that's the bit that's going to be... It's going to be a bit strange. Well, see, when you, any time you hear of an in-game currency that's going to be used for this, I just instantly think of oh, Farmville and Candy Crush and push yeah, like yeah. this where you've got oh diamonds but they're not as important diamonds you can earn in game but what you need is a gold coin or a fat farmer's arse a fat farmer's arse is worth 14 gold coins but you can get them because you can't get gold <laughs> coins in games but you can't buy gold coins out of game either and it's just a convoluted currency exchange system to bamboozle the uh, you know the most yeah, intelligent really. of our, our midst into spending more money on something then going hold on a minute Fron- now I trust Frontier Will be yeah. Frontier said it will be cosmetics, and it is purely a substitute for it. What it is is bringing the PC platform in line with buying Frontier points on the consoles. So it's kind of unifying both um, systems. But the key thing is, you won't be able to at the moment. You won't be able to gift Starbucks to people, and you if you have Frontier points on your PlayStation account, you won't be able to spend them on your PC account. Can't be yeah. cross-platform. Yeah. It just it just doesn't you know. I mean, I obviously, um, I fully support Frontier continuing to ensure the sustainability of the service for the future, and you know they've got to take risks, and this may well be uh, their best way to to do that. And it's not going to be game breaking, but from a point of view of a game that has been fairly strong on not breaking that or or even straining the fourth wall even with hand wavium and kind of stuff like that they're quite strong and not having um out of game apps becoming you know although we all use them um having them as the absolute necessity to be able to do things you should be able to do everything through the game and they want to try and keep mm-hmm. you engaged with the game and then this little thing here is you know how do you explain 
what these arcs are. So I mean, I think I'll have to wait and see what they come up with and how they tie it into the universe in order for it to make sense. But the minute you can buy something out of the game, you've already kind of broken that barrier. I, I, in my in my opinion, and I, you know, I, I, for all things, I'll probably spend a fortune on them. So uh, I'm not going to be so opinionated <laughs> that I, I wouldn't pay for them because I understand what the need is. But how they tie it in is like, you know, what is this an IOU for some painter and it being Q? And you dock up and you take your ship in and you go, I've got some of these tokens for some paint jobs. Um, that's where. Yeah, that's where I, f I find that I'll, I'll be interested because obviously it's going to be an external exchange system, um, currency system, and then that, that's it. It's not going to be really part of the game. It's going to be a, on top of the game. Well, uh, Ben, do you want to jump in there? I've got a couple, of things, a couple of things I want to jump in on, actually. Uh, so I'll cover Grant first because the way I'm picturing this and... This is obviously full speculation and all that kind of stuff, but you know how in The Expanse they basically... It's almost like the spray painting, but what they spray paint has multiple colours and is following a template. So I'm kind of picturing us doing something like that, or possibly even you know, we've got smart ship skin that... You know, has its own uniquely coloured pigments and you can just go and customise it based on certain templates and that's how all of a sudden it's getting changed in while we're out in the black. You know, it's, we've got smart paint or something like that that can change its colour to any magic colour it ever wants. Um, I prefer the Red Dwarf. I prefer the Red Dwarf idea, but that's not really very practical because you'd still have to... <clears throat> Yeah, if we had, I would love it if we had that you you to to apply your ship skin. You had to do an EVA and you had to spray paint your pattern onto your ship. I would oh, love that. Oh, that'd be so cool. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. Be cool. I'd love it. But it'd be a right oh, ball as well. I think yeah, the time to paint this would be very short on that, though. <laughs> the twenty twenty yeah, I mean, update for that one, I think. Yeah, but, and also, how quickly would you get bored of doing it? So, Guardian paint cannons confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas, you know, we already have smart pigments, essentially. And, okay, fine, you can have a screen that's you know, sort of 40, 50 inches. Well, why the hell in 3305 can't we have a... You know, can't the entire outer skin of our ship essentially be sort of organic LEDs or something like that. Mm. I, well, I don't have not? an issue with that. That's, that really doesn't concern me. That kind of um, in-game mechanic for the paint jobs is perfectly, mm. you know, that's, that's, that's the side of the point. It's just the fact you've got this cash, real-world um, motivation to get these tokens that then are valuable in-game and the, the kind of lore around how you justify that is where my concerns are and how that kind of plays in without like when you go to so play you have Eve, to go off and recharge your your paint cannon or something yeah no just it's, you, you recharge your paint cannon using it well, i'll up. tell you what ben we'll maybe leave it to them because because you're getting me all worked up now <laughs> i'm getting concerned <laughs> paint cannon recharges <laughs> fucking hell where are we going with this but um, uh, but right. yeah. Well, well, I'm going well to the other thing that I do, I mean, the other thing that I do want to say was, I really, really hope that Shan's right with his optimization op optimism as to how we get Starbucks, 
Um, I have a horrible, horrible feeling, though, that we'll just get Starbucks from the existing mission reward system. And instead of it being, well, you can either have hard credits or uh, a bit of reputation or a bit couple of material, it'll be hard credits, bit of reputation, bit of material, half a Starbucks. I will be disappointed if it's that because I, as I say, in, 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 in other games that is used as a motivator to get players doing stuff they wouldn't normally do and it would be ideal for CQC for example I'd love it if they introduced the idea of a weekly it would be so cool well, I'll interrupt you there. And Sovereign, you've been you've been chomping at the bit for the last five minutes. Go on in. <laughs> All right, three points. Um, one, I totally agree with Shan. I think it will be a reward for um, probably no more than a reward for logging in. Um, at the moment, the at the moment the um, uh, casual players um, the, there's a balancing act between recognizing that um, players who spend hours every day on the game are going to achieve more than players who play a couple of hours a week um and rewarding logins with arcs is a it would be a simple way of recognizing um that people that some people play more than others without it affecting gameplay in any way because it's purely cosmetic um and also um if it if it could be taken a step further than that and tied to activities that people don't normally do then yeah i think that would be great but i think primarily it'll probably be a login reward um Two, with regard to, um, Shan said that broadly, by and large, that the introduction of arcs is just to bring the three platforms in line. Um, I disagree with that. The arcs are an intermediate currency designed um, to obfuscate the amount that you're spending in the same way that when you go to a fair, like a fairground, you buy tokens and then um, you buy tokens in bundles of 10 and the rides um, and, the, and the rides are in like multiples of six. It's, you know, all... A lot of online games do this. They have a premium currency. You can buy it in bundles of 10, and the cosmetics are in are in multiples of 6 or whatever. Um, it's a way to get players to spend more than they intend to. Um, and it's pretty horrible, really, as, as practices go. Um, at the moment, I, 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 I haven't, I don't, I'm not a console player, so I haven't experienced this myself, but friends on console say that Frontier points work in the same way at the moment. Um, they sell them in multiples of X, and the only and cosmetics realistically cost X plus, yeah, X point one or something like that, um, which is really frustrating for those guys. And luckily, at the moment, we've been able to spend exactly what we want on the Frontier Store um, as PC players because we've seen an object, seen it in pounds, and we've spent exactly that number of pounds on it. The introduction of essentially tokens means that we won't be able to spend exactly what we want anymore um, uh, if, unless, unless it's implemented properly. Yeah, if players want to prime their drinks um, in, in in a game that I'm well known for talking about, you can actually <laughs> you, you, you you can buy a certain amount in this game of gems. So you buy I don't know 800 gems for six pounds fifty. But if you want to, you can then convert in-game money into gems by entering a custom amount. So you don't have to buy six pounds fifty worth of gems. You, you could, if you only need Two or three hundred, you can then convert the in-game currency, and without needing to fall into this trap. And I hope that's what Frontier do. Um, for that, Jesus, that sounds worse. Mm. <laughs> that, converting converting hours of in-game achievement into real-world currency to top up something because they won't let you pay in normal pounds—that's horrible. No, um, no, no, no. But you can pay. You can pay in normal pounds. So you, there's two routes. You can buy you gems, six pound mm. fifty for. 
800, so in like the normal, normal store. Yeah. Or you can convert your gold, which it has a player economy, so it needs a way of taking gold out the equation. You can then turn that gold into gems to then buy the cosmetic items. So there's, there's two ways of doing it. And however much gold you want to spend on the gems, you can put that in. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I guess... I guess the the point about tokens and spending what you intend to spend is is valid, and I think for PC players we've had a privilege in that we haven't had to navigate this token system, um, and we've been lucky because of that. The only way to ethically do this, I think, and to and to set the set the um, uh, to set the standard for the rest of the in, the industry would be for Frontier to sell the arcs in the same denominations as the most basic. Um, What's the word? Uh, cosmetic. So cosmetic, yeah, yeah, cosmetic the, costs five, yep. and they sell them in bottles of five, for example. The other question that springs to mind is what the exchange rate is going to be. So let's say you've got a thousand frontier points. Uh, how many Starbucks is that going to be when they launch the system? Yeah, well, that was one thing at LeaveCon they sort of that they haven't decided yet, and they haven't talked about yet. So it, we until they finally turn around to us and tell us, there's you know we're just doing use, use, useless speculation. Um, the That's one thing that I would, is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what would leave radio be without useless speculation? Um, the one thing that I would say is that going by Frontier's track record as opposed to, let's go for the big baddie, EA. Um, <laughs> I, I think Frontier are, are far more sort of trustworthy um, regarding this. I don't expect them to start throwing out things like loot boxes or surprise mechanics um, uh, in, into the mix. And I'm hoping that... I mean, I'm a little bit concerned what with Tencent being involved, that they might feel pushed in that direction. But um, I'm hoping, well, I've got a little bit of faith that they will just stick with just cosmetic items and nothing else. And it will keep relatively close to how it is at the moment. I can't see them putting too many barriers between the player and and getting an income from things like the ship skin still so i don't i don't think it's going to be a horrific change but i am really interested to see how they implement it here's a random thought what if you'll be able to exchange your starbucks for other frontier cosmetic products in the game so that then becomes the the currency for whatever frontier store. So let's say there's new dinosaurs released or new planet coaster pack. You can then spend your Starbucks on those that you earn an elite. Arcs well, sound a particularly elite dangerous construct. Though. Yeah, I mean, um, mm, didn't they say? Oh, I can't. I can't remember what they actually said about this. They sort of said they've got the concept of frontier points, and then they recalled them arcs. It sounded to me as if. These arcs only apply to to um, Frontier. Well, at the moment, if you do buy Frontier points, you can actually split them across Frontier games uh, on the Xbox. It would be very cool if you could, um, uh, if Frontier points or arcs applied for all Frontier games. That'd be wicked. That would encourage people to buy more of their games. Yeah, or on the downside, though, you couldn't really make the learnables in single player because. 
people cheat and there's trainers or sort of stuff like that for single player and there's no consequences for for doing that. If you've got something with a real world value that could be generated for a single player game. Don't mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean well I mean I mean there's not is there, has anybody got anything more to add about arcs at the moment or or do you think we've yeah. we've Okay, I want to come up and <laughs> I I have got bloody things in our chat saying yes, I want to try and say something, Colin. Okay, don't roll your eyes at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> that amuses me greatly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I just I was actually I was just wondering though about what do you guys think if say in the Asia pack market Frontier via Tencent did allow loot boxes. But in the Europe and America market, it's literally a case of Pierce and Starbucks and you get skin. Uh, I hope they don't. Well, I hope as as long as the, the games are separate, I don't care. But mm-hmm. if, if, if it's going to be um, basically the Asian market gets basically a pay-to-win advantage, then that's the entire game gone. I'm, I'm not talking about pay-to-win. I'm, I'm keeping it still purely cosmetic. But in the Asia Pack market, they allow give us ten thousand Starbucks, and we'll give you a loot crate which has a one in a billion chance of getting a gold anaconda skin. Loot crates are evil. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's just It's the gambling regulations, though, isn't it? I mean, it is. If you think that having multiple currencies that convert into in-game currencies is bad enough and boggling for who decides what the exchange rates are, it's only just slightly less confusing than platinum tickets from frickin' Ticketmaster, a bunch of con artist bastards. <clears throat> Excuse me, but <laughs> loot boxes is a gambling, and in order for that yeah. system to work. It has to have more people lose out than win. So yeah. yep. then you're creating skins of value, which Frontier does not have. There is no well, uh, coveted no, skins. skins so, you know, but yeah, but what then you... The golden skins are skins of value, aren't they? No, yeah, they're they have not. These time, but that's the point. Is limited time skins. Limited time skins you cannot put in a loot box. You know, it's, it's enough of an outcry if they give them away as prizes for a, a charity auction. You know, it's one of those things when you do a limited prize, the whole point of the value and the people who buy in um, is that they have got something exclusive and they took the chance when they had the chance to then be able to get it left, right and centre, even with a sort of high degree of chance like that, unsettles the confidence that those people have. You've seen it before when the, a, a time release thing comes out. What I mean, if you call it instead of a golden skin, it's a goldie skin? <sighs> You mean a golden skin, or just a gold? It's it's one of those things where it's 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 it's, it leads to a a perception of moral erosion and money grabbing. Mm. And Frontier have done things in the past that have you know had them accused of bait and switch. uh, personally, from my point of view, the, the, the transition from Kickstarter into the sort of uh, full game, there's a load of things, like you know, loss of solo mode. Um, you've got the one thing that affected me was when I backed, I backed at a level to get a ticket to the exclusive launch party, only for them to yeah. then sell those tickets at a later date, which if I had been aware of, 
I wouldn't have done it. Did I feel conned? Well, yeah, I did a little bit, actually. I did feel a little bit un- unfair yeah. um, that I'd paid for it. And then we went down and we worked the event, so I didn't even get any advantage of the fact that I'd... <laughs> but that, you know, that was a pleasure. And that's what I mean. Um, I never will question if I got my value for my Kickstarter backing because this game has brought more to my life than uh, that money ever could. Um, there's only so much hang- so many hangovers you can have in your life and um, <laughs> this game has given so much more that's unquestionable value and, and I've learnt to, to sort of trust Frontier I've learnt to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt but uh, this currency if not handled correctly it just leads to an issue and I understand you know the way that the skin works now bringing all the consoles and things in alignment and an in-game arc but as long as it doesn't feel like it's in-game if it's to do with buying skins out the way otherwise you know how do you explain buying skins using your money and then having them magically appear in your ship it's it's a tenuous link so yeah maybe overthinking that that particular thing yeah, that that particular thing, I think, I really do hope that people will just let it go and, and let it go as it being hand wo- hand wavium. I know that the, the elite community loves to have a reason for things, you know, like um, what? How come you you know? How come your commander gets back so fast? Or <laughs> how come you can log off? <laughs> how can you? Yeah, exactly. There's got to be a, there's got to be a scientific immersion reason for why this happens. I think it's just as far as you instantly get a paint job. Okay, you instantly get a paint job. Just let it go. You don't need to worry about whether or not the skins have magic programmable uh, paint. Yeah, I totally agree. Just just on this <laughs> on this occasion, just think to yourself, it's a video game. Just yeah, it, it's it's game it's gamum. It's gameomium, something like that. <laughs> but if you, he's it, trying to come up with a turn. Well, you, see, if you can rationalise postman power simulator. You can rationalise anything. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still think we should have bus systems in the elite, but that's a that's another thing altogether. But um, oh man, I'd love buses. Hey, I know you just you, you, you lose your ship, you go back to the news station, and then you hop on a bus to take you to where your ships are, rather than. <laughs> and, and I'd love I that idea. Hop on a train. Yes, yeah, just sitting there for like you know two and a half hours, flying out to be. Point mumbling and grumbling and moaning all the way, but it'd be so much fun. It just it's, uh, boring things can be fun. I think you know, if you, a hot <laughs> I could say that, but yeah, yeah uh, but see, <laughs> this is true. See, if you had the, the likes of other games and things on Xbox and PlayStations and stuff, you get those achievements, and as a result of collecting those achievements, much like Shan suggested, it encourages certain gameplay and people to be particularly minded in order to get that reward. I don't think that that has the same impact I spent 10 hours on a bus well yeah things like you know flying to Hutton Orbital and in a large ship and you get the well that was a waste of an hour and a half you're not getting back um, award and it came along with say (laughs) three arcs as a reward now if you tie in out of game awards like that they're not part of the game they're not part of the universe and they've got no relevance to the game and I have no issue with that kind of thing. So elite ranking, uh, every time you sort of have a rank in that uh, in the game, or federation rankings and things like that, or you're involved and you've joined a community goal, and it would give you one for you joining a community goal, you've just earned five arcs. In those respects, they're completely out of game, and I have absolutely no problem with that. But running a mission um, in-game and picking a reward, that just 
that that just that just is horrible. Um, so I'm I trust in Frontier um, probably more than they should. You know, we should have a, a degree of uh, cynicism, <laughs> which I, you know, I, I think between the lot of us, we all have our trigger points and things that we don't like, we don't trust, and it allows us to analyse a little bit. Maybe you know, playing a bit of devil's advocate here, because um, I do think they'll implement it well. It's just seeing what they use, because the Xbox has got docked up uh, and, and all these kind of awards in there too, and I can't see it being mm. tricky for them to be able to tie in the awards to that side of things. So things like flying to Beagle Point, you get an award, and then you know you get these arcs points as a result of that. It's not changing the way that you play in-game and it's not changing the in-game mechanics but it is encouraging you to look at all the different potential ways of earning these extra points and oh this one says if I shoot 50 pirates if I shoot 100 pirates if I blow up 10 Thargoids or like our wonderful Hutton trucker last week who finished off their 10,000th Thargoid 10,000 Jesus um you know well, things like that. That that's a that, you know you do it in game. You have fun. You're not really uh, thinking about it. You're just being led down that road, and it's something you thought, well, that could be fun, and I'll get some arcs and reply for that. And in that respect, I find that completely and utterly um, fine. Um, in fact, that's brilliant. Excellent. <laughs> Silverine. Oh, you you don't have a point anymore. Okay, I'm fair enough. <laughs> I mean, um, just to touch on this, uh, the, the September announcement just a little bit, uh, are we hoping that there'll be something in there for the, the more experienced commander? Because the other thing that they, were, they, they showed off was obviously the new, tu- well, let's be honest, the tutorials, uh, which, okay, they look nice. We know that the game needs them but it's like okay what's there for us oldies yeah i i I completely understand people's um the slight frustration um from people that it does seem to have been the chinese near year of new players for quite a long time now um but the um to be fair, Frontier could argue that everything else they've ever done is for established players. Um, and, and Elite Dangerous is widely acknowledged to be incredibly hard going um, for, for new players. It, it's, you know, loads of people bounce off it. It's, it's, it's not intuitive. The learning curve is very steep. It doesn't help you at all. Um, I, I, don't, I feel like a bit of attention spent on the induction experience was overdue. And if that is more than just that, if, if that's the September update as well as the April update, then, you know, fair enough. We're, we're getting a, we're getting a pretty punchy um, update next year for everybody who's not a new player. Um, well, so it, it, the thing is, it's towards the end of next year. So you, you, I mean, we're still talking 18 months away at this point. So uh, 18 well, months worth of, interstellar initiatives and I don't know whether or not that's going to keep the player base happy one of the things that Zach was um, kicking around is he, I, I forgot who he, who he was collared by at LaveCon but he was on tequilas and um, homebrew wine at the time and one of the ideas that he'd been kicking around was because someone came up with a statistic that to get from Nought to Elite in CQC 
take mm-hmm. someone over two years? And did Zach feel as though that was, you know, in the right time scale? So he yeah. obviously sat back and he thought that on a little bit. And he said, well, what if we had a weekend or a week where you had double or triple XP or CQ, for example? Or you had certain events that gave you more rewards for doing certain things. And he was kicking around, purely spitballing, you know, after however many glasses of wine. But he was kicking around the idea that the that for the more experienced players, you can have these event weekends to bring player, bring experienced players back to the game. Mm. Yeah, although if you're not playing, the, if you've burned out on the game, the the, the prospect of gaining more experience isn't going to bring you back. New features is what brings people back. Only if you're a content locust. <laughs> no, but I mean, the cardboard box enthusiasts aren't going to be brought back by the prospect of making double the credits in a weekend. If they got bored of making credits beforehand, they're not going to be enthused by the idea of making more of them. No, but there would be the the uh, the bonus that your rank would go up quicker. But admittedly, most of uh, most people I know have got at least one elite rank in one in in one of the stats now. Mm. It's an interesting idea. I think that, I think in terms of things that the community managers can riff about ideas that they could have, there's plenty of aborted things that were very good ideas that they could dust off rather than thinking of new ones. Um, so just off the top of my head, the Dangerous Games was supposed to happen more than once. They only happened once and has left the game balked. Uh, the Icarus Cup, that was that would have been brilliant, never happened. Why not dust those off rather than coming up with new stuff? Uh, well, they answered that because um, both of those events uh, involved dev time. And dev time at the moment is used up either with the 2020 update or with these with the smaller updates that we're getting. So the team is maxed out and they don't have the capacity to do these extra, what seems to the community to be little events, but they actually do take up dev time. I mean, one of the things I got told was um, never underestimate how difficult it is to put in the voice acting. Hmm, interesting. Which did surprise me. Um, but then when you actually think about it, it, it does have um, a lot of impact in the in, in, in the development of, of features, which, yeah, it's, 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 unless you're actually involved in the middle of developing one of those things, it is, it's, it's difficult to judge from the outside. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I have heard that the, um, the interstellar initiatives take up quite a lot more dev time than we um, than we give credit for. Mm. Ben, did you want to talk about September? Ben, Ben, okay. <laughs> I've got things muted and I'm under attack. Oh, boom! I, oh. I go boom, boom. Oh, right. Fair enough then. Um, so. Can you can you talk while you're dying, or, or are you? Are you... Uh, I, I'm dead already. So that's you okay. went boom boom. I go boom boom. Oh no! I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. I'll live. Kobo can kill them instead. <laughs> um, Have you got so more than one SRV? Was... <laughs> yes, thankfully. Uh, what I was wondering about was, you know, we're, we're focusing on. Okay, we'll get all this new stuff for September, but mm-hmm. April was also a. September only. Sorry, April update was a September was a noob mostly thing yeah. as well. 
And yes. how much awesome content was there for us? Yeah, that's true. That's a really yeah. good point. We, we, I don't think we can complain about the content that we had. All those really nice bugs. Oh. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I, I love the, uh, the modules that we got. Um, oh, the flight, assist, the flight assist stuff that we got and things like that. Yeah, that, that that's a really good point. For us as, as content creators, I love it. Yeah, that is a very good point. Well, actually, but it wasn't for us. It was for beginners. It was yeah. for beginners, but we can use it. We got it. It felt like an update. It, it didn't yeah. feel like stuff that we never got used. To. I mean, the, the stuff that came in the April update, specifically um, the docking computers, I use all the time. There were that, that far more came in that update than um, than I expected. I, I, I expected literally to have nothing of use. I thought it'd just be for the player experience. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I just, seen, just don't care. <laughs> I, I've just seen Cycle just comment about Shan stalking Zach at. <laughs> mm. well, just every single Same story has where? been like you know, Shan says something along the lines of like as uh, Zach was chatting to somebody as, as Zach was uh, having his dinner, or Zach was in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, I, just... can't tell you, I can't tell you what people are like Will and Sally and oh, and Good Adam Zach. and all the people like that. So I, I don't want to share the gossip because until it's confirmed, it's just gossip. And I know what people are like. It'll be, oh, this was on a late radio, so therefore it must be correct, you fools. Um, so, <laughs> you know, all these conversations I had, I'm kind of keeping to myself until they become confirmed. And then, yeah. Okay, I'm we're going to having guns on this ship, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, you got guns on the ship, Excuse me, we're trying to do a show here. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're going to run up this little section up here. Uh, I think we'll go with an ad break for for a bit, if that's okay, and then we'll come back with the usual shout-outs. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsbun Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> You've flown ships at max speed. You've felt the power of the 30-megawatt mining laser. You've experienced the efficiency of the MB4 mining machine. Wow. But it leaves every hardcore miner with just one question. Why can't I get a shave that's that fast, close and efficient? Introducing the Saracen MB5 Shaving Drone. It's so smooth. Combining the power of a mining laser with the convenience of a drone. It's like every hair is targeted by a fighter and destroyed. Saracen's patented shaving drone attaches to your face at the start of the day. Leave it to do its work, and when you come back to check, your face is shaved. He's so smooth. It's like I'm mining my face. The Saracen MB5 Shaving Drone. 
Now I feel manly. Saracen Shaving. Making shaving an unnecessary adventure. He was a space pirate with quirky habits. Hi. Most people find me quirky. I don't eat in front of people. She was a busy space liner captain with no time for love. I've got 50 passengers to take on a space whale watching tour. I don't have time for dating. But when fate throws them together, the result is pretty inevitable. You're like no man I've ever met. Forget my job, ship and crew. Where should we go for a date? It better not be a restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) From Sydney and Dreams Entertainments comes a new Total Immersion experience. It was incredible. I just put on the headset and it's like I was there, in the story. Using Signy and Dreams' patented Dreamware Immersion headsets, you'll feel the love. It was like I could feel everything that lucky ship captain was feeling. You'll feel the passion. Let's just say, when they got off, I got off. You'll feel everything. Did you enjoy your meal? I don't think I should have had that raw seafood. Signy and Dream Entertainments and Dreamware headsets, bringing you closer to the adventure. Signy and Dream Entertainments is a division of Signy and Dream Military Educational Software. Combat training software also available. Please be aware that improper use of the Dreamware headset may lead to psychosis, time loss, memory impairment and hallucination. Hello. Um, so, that's uh, we've done ARCs. Uh, we've done nothing new for season commanders. Um, I think it's just community corner. Isn't it? Um, have we discussed the Buckyball Racing Club's new uh, event? Don't think we have, have we? No. Okay. Well, the Buckyball Racing Club have a new event out. Um, this is quite exciting because the Buckyballers have been quiet for a few months now, probably six months or so. Um, and um, I absolutely love what they do because it is. Um, fairly uniquely um just geared around just having fun there's no there's no political uh scheming there's no there's no upsetting other players there's just uh trying to get as much fun out of the game as they possibly can um and their races are uh typically time trials involving um uh involving hyperspace jumps and um routes across the galaxy um so um you know th- their most famous one is uh, i think the the sagittarius a star run um which is a time a time trial to get to the center of the galaxy um but they also they do um they do routes in the bubble and they're often quite inventive with um how they come up with um their to come up with their challenges um and um their latest one is called the Seven Sisters Speedway. Um, Colin, do you want to tell us about it? Right. Well, um, yeah, Alec Turner and company from uh, the Buckyball, they are doing, um, yeah, it's the Seven Sisters Speedway. They're um, reimagining one of the earliest BRC events. Uh, takeoff from um, Om Horizons in HP 29312 near the edge of the bubble and take a whirlwind tour around some of the stations and installations of the Seven Sisters in the Pleiades Nebula and then back to Om Horizons. Um, you begin the race again in HP 23. Uh, 29312 uh, you visit the nine location these locations in any order and that's uh, Astrope uh, and that's the 
Oh, Copernicus uh, Observatory, uh, Atlas, hip hop only. Um, Salino, where and you dock at the Artemis Lodge. Uh, Maya, obviously dock at Obsidian Orbital. Marope, make a fly past of the listing post orbiting Marope 1B. Uh, note, listing posts, uh, like other space structures, only appear in your nav panel when you approach within a thousand light seconds. Actually, I didn't know that. That's quite an interesting thing. Uh, uh, you dock at the, the uh, Stargazer at Poloni, uh, and you make two tunnel fly-throughs at the Squirrel Nest space bar, uh, and then uh, Starope uh, 2, and then back to Om Horizons. Obviously, um, the person that can get around those the quickest, you submit your time to the Buckyballers and uh, see how well you do. Judging how we did last time with the Buckyballers, Ben, I don't, I don't think we'll be up there in the high schools. I assume these system names are going in the show notes for people who didn't quite get the pronunciation. Uh, and sod off, and sod off, and sod off. The, the show notes are in the post by... Uh, I was going to say Alexander, but I don't think it is Alec, is it? Um, Probably was Alec. I don't think it was this time. Who's hmm. shooting me, by the way? Oh, no, no Ryko. I just sat on your roof. Oh, yes, you stick on my roof, okay. <laughs> Saturn roof, okay, fair enough. Yes. Um, the other thing that I suppose we should mention, in on Monday there was a uh, one of the, the Frontiers Let's Play streams, and we had Stephen, the new... Um, the new community manager turn up to to show us um, his elite skills and introduce us to his banter. Uh, yes, it turns out he is Scottish, so not only are we taking over this podcast... He's a Ouija! Yes, I know he's a Ouija. Uh, he, we're also taking over the, the official <laughs> streams now. So listen so, to lots of Maze Radio and Cal, so you won't need subtitles on the Monday stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the annoying thing was though he didn't actually admit whether he was Celtic Rangers or Partick Thistle. You never admit if you're Celtic Rangers or Partick Thistle, <laughs> or if, if you are backed into a corner, you always admit Partick Thistle because that way no one will beat you up. No one's going to kill you. <laughs> uh, although he, he did, he did profess his love for haggis and Scotch pies. And uh, like Elle's good Scotsman, he thinks that pineapple on top of pizza is it's just wrong. Is dis- disgusting, and it should be haggis on top of pizzas. Take that. Haggis, I agree. Haggis on pizzas is awesome. Fried egg on pizzas, fine. Pineapple, you're just weird. So take that guard frequency. We we have our pizzas <laughs> properly over here. What, what about hot dog on pizzas? I mean, um, I had. I hot dog on pizza could work. Beef burger pizzas. Pizza. I think. I think when you but start combining I have kebab on pizzas, <laughs> I think anyone that wants something healthy that's like fruit is good also. Right. Okay. So, Kurgo, <laughs> if, if you mean kebab on pizza, I, I understand that. Uh, there's a chip shop locally here. Obviously, being in Scotland, I get the best unhealthy food available in the world <laughs> anywhere, and they do I'm a calzone. A calzone uh, with uh, doner kebab meat inside and the full doner kebab inside a calzone pizza. It is oh probably my God, that the, sounds amazing. It is the most offensive thing to any oh. fitness worker, doctor, heart surgeon in the world. But 
bloody hell is good. Right. Okay, <laughs> can I just sell you on this? Calzone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's it called again? Krispy Kreme Donuts. No, I'm out. No. Double, double <laughs> cheeseburger. What? I'm fine with step one, to be honest. Calzone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good idea. Krispy Kreme Donuts. No, you lost me there. <laughs> is this your wish list for Ben versus food? Is this, is this, <laughs> I mean, unless, unless you're talking about no. the courses that you had at Calzone, then you had to do it's that. Like, <laughs> then you had a hamburger. You've seen these burgers where, you know, instead of using a bun, they use Krispy Kreme donuts. No, it's just not right. I, I, yeah, I, I've seen them and they decided, let's wrap all that stuff in a Calzone. I'll... I will just make the observation that this exactly same thing happened on the stream with Stephen, where everybody wanted to talk about unhealthy Glaswegian <laughs> food instead of the game itself. So I felt, I felt a little bit sorry for it. <laughs> Everyone was there thinking Glaswegian, therefore, will die at 50. I was out, I went out last. My, my brother-in-law um, invited us out to this place. It's called uh, some like six by... Something six by bento. Let's just let's just say that because that's it's not that at all, Bruno. And it's essentially it's a taster menu and it's tithe. They change the their theme every month. They change it and they, they nobody knows what they're going to be able to get. So you can come back every month and try six dishes or from another um, type of style. So it is tasters, you know, it is tasters. So they do bring a plate with a fecking prawn in the middle of it, and you look at them like you are taking the piss. However. Because I hadn't really... I didn't know... <laughs> this is terrible, right? I didn't know it was going to be that kind of tasting menu. So I thought, oh, they do a paired wine with it as well. So with each course, you get a paired wine designed to bring out the flavours. <laughs> well, um, we've had people... Uh, ask, we've had people in the chat... <laughs> <laughs> we've asked we've asked people in the chat ask if um, Stephen will be appearing on a live radio stream so that would be me Stephen and and Grant being a Glaswegian being Glaswegians which means that we can use the collective noun of a heroine so <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember pudding brutal so uh, yeah We'll, we'll we'll contact. Am I not allowed to come not. from the east coast, or am I the enemy now? You've always been the enemy, you, you purple-headed <laughs> monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Right. Well, is 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 gone and degraded again, and we. We don't apologise for it, really, because it always degrades this bad anyway. So, um, well, does anybody have any um, final news before I go and do the shout-outs um, that they'd like to bring up? I'm going to steal Wait, a chance. We the, yeah, have we talked about the Thargoids? I can't remember. Yeah. They're going yes. to do it on okay. the summer holidays. We had a, we had a long right, discussion that went I, off topic. I, yeah, they bought a, a, a red double-decker bus. <laughs> They, they, yeah, they all bought a red double decker bus. But Shan, Shan will let us know as soon as uh, Zach starts talking in his sleep. <laughs> in his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, one thing we did quick mention: there was a quick announcement regarding the Galactic Academy is on hiatus while they all sorted out and relaunch. Yeah, I mean, that's the 
they've had they've had some trouble over there, but they're they're now sorting things out. Uh, yeah, and um, and I, th I think until we actually get some some more news about September's update, uh, I, I guess that's about it, really, isn't it? No, we can always talk about rubbish next week again. Well, yeah, I mean, we could do another because people quite enjoyed our kind of non-elite uh, dangerous stream streams. So we can obviously just you know let these uh, rants and um, aside take us wherever they may take us. But um, maybe we should do you know maybe we should do food streams. Uh, maybe we should do I movies and TV and and just you know. Yeah, I think one thing that is needed is sort of like an Eliza Doolittle exercise for Colin. <laughs> to get him to learn how to pronounce systems in games. You're, <laughs> you're going to learn one thing and like one a, thing alone like from that. Fair Colin. You'll only learn one thing from that. The one thing you will learn from that is that Colin can pronounce fuck off perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I'm not is because I have little ears pretty close <laughs> to me. <laughs> okay, I apologize. I so, perfectly mean he goes off and says, Back off, you wee bastard! Mm. Considering the last time something like this happened, uh, I heard a little voice over my shoulder <laughs> going, uh, <laughs> Daddy, you're right. Dad. Daddy, F off. No, it was mostly along the lines of, Mom, Daddy's just got a game called Dueling Pianists Delivered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so Grant. sorry. <laughs> uh, it seems funny at the time. It did. Um, <laughs> it still seems funny as hell. <laughs> uh, I've got the same problem when I get a text comes in the phone and it says it's from um, Skiprat, and I instantly go, "Oh God, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to get a new phone." Yeah, that's not. You don't want to get a text from Skip Rap when you're on the tram or anything like that, just in case someone's <laughs> looking over your shoulder. Oh, me. So I was going to say, I was going to say, and we're kind of in the right uh, spirit um, for this. That um, after doing LaveCon live at uh, LaveCon Dockers live at LaveCon, um, we did kill off the majority of the cast. There is a get out clause on that because obviously you wouldn't want to kill off all your characters that you love, um, and therefore there were clues throughout the episode to, to give us the hand wavium required to justify the fact that they were all actually unharmed it wasn't a sour scene where Ben wakes up and goes chuff you know um, or anything like that it wasn't that bad and we have uh, uh, yeah uh, so did uh, David Braden wake up put his glove on snap his fingers and then half the cast <laughs> 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 it could be that but we didn't go down that route uh, on that particular occasion but it has given us an opportunity to uh, rethink and move forward because we haven't had really a, a proper written episode in two years um, since we managed to get the last ones out I think we had episode two yeah, from even about season four two. years or five years it's been a while but you know the game wasn't around then so with these lulls in game content uh, mischief abounds and Mr Winnard has taken on a team of esteemed writers um, to to change it and to, no no seriously guys you'd be impressed I mean I'm not saying Skip Rat's on that team 
I didn't include him in that mean. Um, esteemed writers and perverts, does that help? Does that cover them all? Yes. Okay, oh, excellent. Lord. And these guys are going to set aside to bring new parts of the universe into the Dockers mm. universe and to create new what stories. New, new well, levels of depravity. Well, rather than being stuck at Bar and Star, let, let's go out and explore the stuff that's going on and, and bring that into the, the, the universe that is um, Dockers. And so... We have just recently, if you are subscribed on iTunes, you may well have had a new episode called Beyond Docker's Promo, which is the currently created new theme tune for the new series. And a little bit of a sort of run into it from our very own uh, narrator, uh, Ian M. Norman, who is just spectacular. And then right at the end of the clip, we have um, some outtakes um, from (laughs) his attempt at doing the disclaimer. Uh, So... We're hoping that this will appear um, before Christmas. Anyway, we're hoping to get quite a few episodes out. We're hoping to keep them nice and short, little bites. So if you are interested in that, do check out bs-dockers.com and uh, either subscribe on your particular RSS feed of choice. You can find links there on bs-dockers. You can have a look at the cast currently as they stand. Listen to all the old episodes of Dockers. If you're not familiar with what it is, it's a mockumentary based on a busy space station and it was our opportunity to explain all the bugs and things that happened in-game over the years, like the disappearing stations, and just give it a bit of context and a little bit of work. Helping Frontier help to explain what the effects going on in the game and also being extremely rude and not safe for work. Um, we used to beep out the swear words. The first couple of episodes are beeped and then we decided actually they're funnier with the swear words uh, and so we kept them in. I always found beeping out swear words was funnier because normally people's minds are a lot dirtier than we ever thought. Yeah. And then, and, and then we realised that there's no way they could get that dirty. Yeah, they were just missing. <laughs> they were missing a degree of depravity. So um, probably towards the after Galnet, I will play the Doc Beyond Dockers promo. Um, so stick around at the end of the show if you want to hear that, or you can check it out at bs-dockers.com now. Yeah. Well, on the subject of interesting outtakes, uh, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts on a Thursday at 8.30, uh, which you can catch at uh, tvforthemug.com or radioforthemug.com if you just want the audio. Um, yes, what were you drinking, Grand, last Thursday? <laughs> Me? Me? I, wasn't, I don't think I was drinking anything. Do you mean the oh, fact that I just had my, my, my teeth out and uh, couldn't say a freaking <laughs> sentence like, hello, my name is... I do not know. You know some nights you get affected by, I don't know what it is, some kind of demon possesses your tongue muscles and makes you just not possible to say the simplest of freaking words. And uh, when you're dealing with buggers that write scripts full of tongue twisters, um, it can really tie you in knots and it's always the same it's never the tongue twister that gets you it's always the simple easy sentence before it or about the next paragraph but yeah it was a lot to be cut out what you mean like simple planet names <laughs> yeah like earth <laughs> <laughs> Of course, we have to shout out for the CQC Discord, for the discerning commander who likes a bit of the CQC action. Um, They can be found at uh, uh, Elite Dangerous CQC on uh, on Discord. Um, We'd like to say thanks to all the commanders who have joined us in Twitch. And of course, for those of you, LaveCon is at the Sedgebrook... Oh, hang on. 
Oh, that's done. We've done that bit. Yeah. That secret lace con, Colin. Don't S- tell them about we're just waiting for um, we're waiting for the bug in uh, Karen and Alan's house to to let us know when the next one is, um, and actually we should really say a huge thank you for all the very positive feedback and excitement generated by everyone that's done the LaveCon write ups. I don't think I've seen any write up or feedback that hasn't been excellent, and also quaking at the boots to find out when they can get back on. Can I pre-book my ticket now, please? <laughs> that was actually one of the things I I, I did like about Lavecon was the number of new people there who I hadn't actually had a chance to talk to before. I mean, I'm not sure whether all of them were there for the first time, but there did seem to be quite a lot of Lavecon virgins there. Um, and I thought it was great. It's such a healthy sign for the community to have so many new players and commanders along at these community events rather, rather than purely sort of a slowly diminishing number of old-timers, so it was great to see. Oh, uh, I, I I, did get some feedback, because I did post a couple of photos on the forums, and I got one uh, one comment saying, well, my God, look, everybody in that room is older than the development team. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not far off from Photoshop. No, it's Photoshop. <laughs> and, you know, it's sort of yeah, they're, they're probably right. And then they went on a big rant about how the game needs new players because the, the, the present lot are going to die off. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a few years' life left in us yet. I'm still alive! <laughs> it sounds like they're going to have another referendum because all the elite players are going to be died before the new lot ends. <laughs> Anyway, uh, on on that note, we have, of course, coming up after here the fantastic Galnet news from uh, Commander Wotherspoon. Uh, but uh, that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook.com slash laveradio, at laveradio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash laveradio. Or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders like to come out and chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Also shared with the Hutton Orbital Truckers. So if you can put up the smell from Cubicle 3, you're welcome. Um, Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at uh, half past eight and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Commander Souverine, thanks to uh, Ben, thanks to Shan, thanks to Commander Kurgle, and thanks to the, the fantastic Psycho Cow, and thanks to all those commanders who have joined us in the Twitch chat channel tonight. Until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? Someone having an orange inserted. I'm going to see the galaxy.
minutes. No worries, guys. Hold the fort for two seconds. I'll be right back. News Digest, 16th of July, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, product recall hits Thargoid Battlefleet. Scramble for Witchhead Bridgehead. Anti-slavery spokesperson arrested on manslaughter charges. More deadly than Onionhead. New Beagle Point record disallowed. Product Recall hits Thargoid Battlefleet. Chief of Engineering and Product Safety for Claxian Spaceways, Throg the Brainy, has issued a recall notice on all Thargoid Scout and Interceptors of all variants manufactured between 3300 and 3305. He explained that there's a defect in the meta-alloys used in the construction of the hull, which could make the ship spontaneously explode, especially when under attack by ships from other galactic cultures. Thargoid ships sold in the Maya and Marope systems are not affected by this recall. Throg reminds all disappointed Thargoid pilots that new and far more lethal ships have completed their design cycle and are nearly ready to go into production. These new ships have more hearts, larger Thargon swarms, and are unaffected by the hull strength problem. A part exchange scheme will be put in place for pilots unwilling to wait for the remedial work on their existing ships to be completed. While he waits for the defective battle fleet to be repaired, Tharg the Mighty, Prince of Polaris and the Emperor of the Call 70 Sector, has created a diversion, getting non-Thargoid ships to fly out of contested areas by pretending that there are lots of pristine barnacle sites in the Witchhead Nebula. Scramble for Witchhead Bridgehead Having stripped bare all the sites in the Pleiades, the race is now on to destroy the newly discovered barnacle sites in the Witchhead Nebula. Alliance, Federation and Empire all want a piece of the action, and have appealed for help establishing a Celis starports and or megaships to act as bases for the open-cast mining of meta-alloys. The Alliance has chosen a particularly stupid location for its appeal, requiring 10 minutes of supercruise to deliver goods. The Alliance is presumably trying not to be the power that ends up going head-to-head with the Thargoids. Notably, all three powers have set aside 11 days for the collection of equipment to build their new starports, suggesting that something interesting may happen on Tuesday the 23rd of July. Anti-slavery spokesperson arrested on manslaughter charges. Garrett Klein, a senior member of the Autonomy Anti-Slavery Organization, has been arrested after killing some of the slaves his organization had set free. Autonomy released 4,000 Imperial slaves in Eotienses on the 15th of June, 
since when the slaves have been stranded in and around Port Isabel, with no means of making a living or of leaving the system. It's believed that a group of slaves had attempted to board Klein's ship shortly before it took off and that Klein crushed several of them to death as he hurriedly made good his escape. The Imperial Internal Security Service has taken what remains of the 4,000 freed slaves into custody and is attempting to decide what to do with them. Many of the ex-slaves have been campaigning to be enslaved again to allow them to work out their period of servitude and to be granted an honest living within the Empire. More deadly than Onion Head The Red Family, the notorious crime syndicate of the Soul System, has created a genetically engineered narcotic that is so addictive that it poses an immediate danger to life. Addictive at its very first use, anyone using the drug will become instantly enslaved by it and will kill or die to satisfy their craving. It's believed that the Red Family leader Oberon Church has manufactured large quantities of the drug and that Jan Sandoval handed herself in to the Federal Intelligence Agency in an attempt to prevent the Red Family from deploying the drug, something that could quickly destroy Federal society from the inside out. Executive agent Viola Trask claims that the FIA is already working to disrupt the Red Family and to prevent any distribution of the unnamed narcotic. According to Trask, the Red Family will be completely wiped out within days. We can only hope they manage to wipe out all the stockpiles of the drug as well. New Beagle Point Record Disallowed Commander Drazko has been disqualified from a new record from the bubble to Beagle Point on a technicality. The unlucky commander flew from Schwanport in Hajangai, the home of the Fatherhood, with the intention of beating the previous record of 6 hours and 35 minutes. A mere 6 hours 13 minutes and 10 seconds later, Commander Drazko had arrived in Beagle Point, a time that would have smashed the record. However, he has since admitted that he did not activate the full system scanner, let alone map all the planets in every system he visited during the speedrun, thus completely invalidating his record attempt. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. How was that? New project, eh? Hmm. Bigger budget? More special effects? Does it have any jokes this time? Protective clothing supplied? Hmm. I'm not sure. Oh, more credits for me. Oh, well, sign me up. Bugger love laboratory. I'm doing Beyond Dockers. The Milky Way, a large, expansive spiral galaxy, roughly 75,000 light-years from side to side, 
Home to the human race and many alien species, it swarms with activity. Every day, billions of people go to work, worship their deities, and fly off into the void. These are the daily doings of the known galaxy. This is Beyond Dockers. Beyond Dockers, coming to your favourite radio station podcast or injected directly into your sweaty space-faring cock of pitness soon. Soon is a trademark of Michael Brooks and Frontier Developments and should not be used unwisely, poorly or without the express permission of David Rubin's pet tarantula Mike. Beyond Dockers, coming to a radio station podcast or the sweaty... Beyond Dockers, fuck it. I'm fucking it now. Mark!